Hello, Revelation Wellness Podcast friends. I am so glad to be back here with you again today. My name is Kara Osborne, and it's my delight to be filling in today for Elisa while she is still out on sabbatical. Today, you're going to get to listen in to an episode with Greta Eskridge, who's an author, a speaker, an encourager, and I think you're just going to love listening to her and learning from her. In today's episode, we're going to talk about movement and why movement matters and what does it look like to move in love. We're going to talk about adventure and how we can begin to create rhythms of adventure in our homes and with our families. I know that I learned so much in this conversation with her, and I know that you will as well. I hope you enjoy, and I will see you next time. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. My name is Kara Osborne, and I am so glad to be here today with my new friend, Greta. And Greta, I pronounce your last name Eskridge, is that right? You got it. That's it. Perfect. So Greta is an author, a speaker, and an encourager. She's a second-generation homeschooler, a mom to four, wife to Erin, who loves reading books, drinking coffee. I love that. Me too. And she cares deeply about chasing adventure and preserving childhood. So I love that bio, but what else would you kind of want us to know about you today, Greta, before we jump in? Um, gosh, uh, no one has literally, no one has ever asked me that question. So I'm unprepared. (laughs) Um, I, I think, uh, I would add that, um, really like my faith is the lens through which I see life. So all of those things about me that, that I'm a mom and, um, I have three teenagers and an almost teenager, uh, that I homeschool, that I write books and speak. And I've been married to my husband for almost 25 years. All of those things are shaped ultimately by my faith and that directs everything that I do. Um, or at least um, that is my prayer that I would allow God to direct everything I do by my faith in him. So, um, those are the things that I would add. I love that. The lens through which you view those roles. Yes. So good. And I'm looking at your video picture here. It says sunshine state. Are you in Florida or where, where are you? Looking? I'm not. I live in California, the other sunshine state, okay. that, but I love Florida <laughs> and I love, I love to travel. So maybe I would add that to my bio. And, um, whenever I travel, I always try to bring something home from where I've been to remind me of that place and, um, just the adventures and just the joy mm-hmm. that I had while I was there. So that was from a trip to Florida that I went to uh, last year with two of my kids. And I love that. I'm holding on to that memory. Yeah. Adventure. We're going to be talking about that a lot today, but I wanted to start off just kind of talking about this central theme of moving in love Uh, here at Revelation Wellness. We are really big on movement coming from a place of um, just love rooted in God that we have nothing to earn. We don't have to perform. We're not being punished. Um, But it's actually just this beautiful overflow that can happen. Um, When this podcast releases, we're going to be right in the middle of the Move in Love Challenge, which is where we're encouraging people to push play on RevWell TV videos and move as they hear the Word of God being taught and spoken. Um, But from what I understand about you, you also believe in that, that moving in love is so important and transformative. And so tell me a little bit about what that might look like in your life. What does moving in love look like for you? Okay. Well, um, I feel like that is just such a 
powerfully beautiful question for me because I've seen it uh, happen in my life. And I'm getting emotional just thinking about it because it has been such a transformative thing in my life. Um, I, I have to be totally honest with you to, to come on a, a fitness podcast um, felt extremely vulnerable to me because I don't feel like I am the, the picture of that right now. Um, so my journey of movement has been, you know, one of ups and downs over the last, I would say 12 years. Right. Um, but what I have seen is God using movement and using fitness, um, as a way to bring me healing, um, not just physically, but much more so emotionally and spiritually. And those times when I have, um, just moved my body, uh, he has met me there and it has been such an incredible time of seeing him love me in a really unique way. And, um, like I said, there have been seasons where, uh, that has happened a lot. And then there have been seasons where it hasn't happened. And, um, I haven't moved my body, whether from injury or illness, or just feeling like depleted and I can't do it right now. Um, but then to be able to come back and experience him loving me through moving my body and just communing with him in a different way that it happens in a different way when I'm moving than it does in other times. And mm-hmm. I can't explain it, but it is for me a really holy experience. Mm-hmm. Well, you are preaching to the choir here because the people who are <laughs> listening to this podcast, they get it. They get it. We have seen um, what happens when the Lord meets us in that movement. And so I love hearing that about you. I love that you were vulnerable enough just now to say it feels really uncomfortable to be coming on to a fitness podcast because... A lot of us who are instructors feel that way sometimes. The beautiful part about Revelation Wellness is we do fitness a whole different way. It's really just a tool for us to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so um, movement is a gift. Any type of it is a gift. Um, I love what you were saying just now when there's been different seasons of your life, when you've been able to do that well and seasons where you haven't. And I think for a lot of people, the hardest part is getting started. Yes. Um, I go through seasons where I'm like, I don't want to. Like, I'm a fitness yeah. instructor. I lead a, I lead a community of women where I teach them to move. And I'm like, I don't want to. Right. Um, once I get started, it's wonderful. And I'm yes. always glad that I did. But how did you get started? What did it look like for you to get started? Um Well, the first time, uh, because there's been many, but, um, the first time really, when I stepped into fitness and movement for the kind of the first time in my life was, uh, about 10 years ago. And, um, I had just had my fourth baby. I was coming out of a season of, um, I had experienced a traumatic miscarriage and Mm -hmm. was going through some um, pretty intense marital problems. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just was like, I need to change something and need to do something that is just for me, but isn't just to go eat cupcakes and have coffee, which is kind of what I want to do for me. Right. Totally. (laughs) I myself at the bookstore every night, but it needs something that is probably going to be better for me physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, so I joined a boot camp and I had never done anything like that in my life. I was scared out of my wits, but I started going and I went at like six days a week for a a month. And just one month, I felt like 
transformed. Like not, you know, my body wasn't transformed, but I was transformed on the inside. And it was just like, wow, this, this feels good. Like it feels good. My body feels good, even though I'm sore, but my body, my mind feels good. My heart feels good. And then I just kept going. Um, so I started kind of from a place of desperation. Like I just knew I needed to change something, but I didn't know what, what exactly. And it just seemed like, Hey, I'm going to try this. And then through the years, I mean that I did that for probably six years. I was so dedicated and, um, felt fantastic. But then I, I experienced a really tough injury and then, um, I was scared to start again because I didn't want to get hurt again. Sure. Um, and then uh, gone through like some real intense hormone hormonal stuff. Yes. And and that has slowed me down massively. So I'm just at a place right now where I'm starting again, mm-hmm. starting again, again. <laughs> I love that. And I've started just by walking. And so I decided I'm going to walk every single day. That's all I feel capable of doing. And so last month I decided I would walk every day. And like halfway through the month, I was tracking my mileage. And I said, wow, I think if I walk every day, I can walk a hundred miles this month. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that felt like a big audacious goal, but yes. I like big audacious goals. Yes. They make me excited. Um, and so I was like, I, I'm already like halfway there. I'm going to do it. And so um, I started small with what I could do, which yes. for me, walking every day. Yes. I didn't want to get up. Like you said, I don't want to do it. But then just the cumulative deciding I'm going to do this every day, taking a, a small step and making it a habit. Right. Open me up to doing something bigger. And in again, in one month, I found that making it a habit to move every day just felt life changing. Um, and it's not as exciting as when I did boot camp and could do amazing amounts of push ups and climb ropes to the ceiling and all that other stuff. It's just little, it's just walking, but it's starting where I am, making it a habit, and mm-hmm. then growing in that. I love that. When you were speaking, you said, you know, I I massively slowed down. But what I'm learning, I'm kind of in that middle age, you know, frame of life right now. I'm 41 right now. um, And I'm learning that movement looks different in different seasons. And that's a gift, right? Like the way I moved 10 years ago does not have to be the way I move now. I think sometimes, especially for women, we compare with other people. And so we look around on social media and we're like, wow, look at them doing burpees at boot camp or look at them doing a pistol squat. But I also am tempted to look at myself 10 years ago and say, wow, look at what I used to do. And that makes me belittle where the Lord's planted me right now. And so just this beautiful concept of shame off, I'm Mm going to move as I can. I'm going to do what I can with what I have. And I love what you said, offer what you have, right? Like offer up what you have and he'll meet you there in it. Yeah. Yes. It's so true because I definitely, I was talking to my husband about this just last night. Like I can recall, you know, 10 years ago when I was in the best shape of my life and I was so strong and I felt so good, but I still wasn't satisfied with myself. And I thought I'm not good enough. And it wasn't a matter of, I'm not satisfied with myself because I want to be better, but it was, I'm not good enough. And I think those are two really different things. And, and so like you said, I am here. I am 10 years later, I'm physically in a different place, but even just 
you know, like hormonally and my body is just changing. I'm getting older. So now I have the idea like, well, how, how can I stay active into my eighties, into my nineties? Like what kind of, what kind of woman do I want to continue to be? And, um, probably I won't, um, be able to maintain the same kind of activity, um, at 85 that I did at 35. That's okay. I still want to have some kind of activity. So I'm now looking at, um, what can I do now that I can continue doing? How can I stay active? Not how can I, um, you know, what, what can I do to be the best right now? Well, I want to do that, but I also want to have a future vision yes. of my fitness and my movement as well. Yeah. Sustainable, right? Yes. Sustainable and life giving. Yeah. So before we started this interview, I pulled up your Instagram account and I was looking at your posts and one of them is exactly what you were talking about just now when you were saying you could walk. And so I wanted to just read part of that post, if that's okay sure. with you. Um, and so it, she's talking about the walking every day and setting the goal of a hundred miles. And it starts off where you're listing some symptoms that you'd been experiencing, right? The hormonal yeah. shifts and changes that we're talking about. And you said the symptoms were making the feel worse and worse. I pretty much stopped all exercise except for our once a week hike. My head said you need to move your body, but every morning it felt like a Herculean feat to drag myself out of bed. And then it says, I've been dealing with a hormone imbalance for years, but this was far worse. I've had symptoms that I never imagined could be part of perimenopause. And then she lists them here, y'all. So it's a whole host of issues. If you're there, you know, right? <laughs> I won't worry about you know. <laughs> If you're there, you know. But then it says, regular workouts felt so unattainable. Then I remembered a favorite concept of mine, start where you are. And she wrote, so I did. I can walk, I thought. I can walk every single day. At first, it was hard. My feet and ankles hurt. My hips and back hurt. I didn't want to get out of bed. My speed was slow. But I kept at it. That's so important. I kept at it. And after only a couple weeks, I found myself wanting to go for a walk in the morning. And I wanted to go farther. I kept track of my mileage and gave myself a goal to walk 100 miles in a month. 100 miles isn't really that much spread over a month. It's three miles a day, but it felt big to me. And it felt fun to have a big goal to work towards. One month later, I've walked 108 miles. The results have been truly incredible. Here are some. Joint pain practically gone. Foot and ankle pain nearly gone. More energy. Increased mental clarity. Uh, decreased anxiety, fitting into smaller pants, increased creativity. And then it goes on from there, y'all. And it says, at first I felt embarrassed that walking was all I was fit to do. But now I'm so glad to see all the positive impacts is making in all parts of my life. Start where you are and get excited about what will happen. It's so beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, it has been. It really has been. And it was just... Yeah. It's, um, it's amazing how we belittle ourselves. And like you said, this, this idea of no shame, because we really do compare ourselves so much to what we see others doing. And we think where we're at, is not good enough. And I tell people all the time, I mean, a huge part of my ministry and my work that I do is to encourage others and encourage, um, 
my fellow moms and parents to say what you're doing is you're doing a great job and you need to, to, to start where you are and it's okay to start small, but it's so hard to, to remember, um, that I need to believe that for myself as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we all hear that live, um, where you wrote, I feel embarrassed that walking was all I was fit enough to do, but like just stopping and reframing and saying, it's such a gift. Like any Uh, movement is a gift. And so embracing that and just being all where you are and the example you're setting for your children of being a woman who follows through, right? You show up and you do the next right thing and you follow through. So, so good. Okay. So we talked a little bit about movement and why it matters. You talked about how it helps with our faith journey at times, but a big part of that is because we're not just bodies, right? We have a physical body, but we also have a mind and a spirit, a soul. And so all that kind of works together. Um, It's all intertwined. So what would you say the biggest impact of fitness has been on your, your mental health or your spiritual health or those type things? Oh gosh. I mean, like I told you, when I started my fitness journey 10 years ago, I was in such a place of just, I needed, um, I needed Jesus. Like I needed to commune with him. Um, and, but I needed to do it in a different way than I had for my whole life. And, um, I can remember, you know, running laps around the track and running up and down bleachers and just crying as I ran Mm. because I was praying as I, you know, as I moved my body and it was like, God was just helping me talk to him in ways. Sometimes there weren't even words, but it was just as I was moving, he was meeting me there. And like, Mm -hmm. that's why I said, like, it's holy. Like, um, when I go for a hike with my kids and we're out in nature and we're, there's just something different about the way we experience God while we're moving and we're seeing his handiwork all around us. Or when I take a walk in the morning, you know, just this morning I went for a walk and I was watching the, the clouds change and it was like, um, I'm seeing God at work while I move the body that he gave me and I'm just open to him. It just, it's just, uh, it's something that I can't explain. Um, I don't have the words for it, but there is just an openness that comes because my mind is clear. I'm not distracted, um, by all the other things. I'm just, I'm having to pay attention to movement and that is a steadiness that opens me up to talking with God. Our, our bodies were made to move. They just yeah. were. I had a moment last week. This is probably embarrassing, but I'm, I'm doing sprints on my bike, right? Like on my, I don't like sprints. I try to challenge myself to do them once a week just because they're good for heart health. And yeah. so I'm really literally don't want to do it. So I'm sitting down and I'm looking at my timer and I'm, I'm doing it. And it was this moment of me being able to press in and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to give it everything I've got right now. And I'm going to need you to meet me in this because I don't have it in and of myself or I have a free pass to walk away right now. And either way, you're going to love me. Either way, you're with me. I have nothing to prove here, but it felt like this beautiful invitation of what if you didn't quit, right? What if you didn't quit? And that sounds crazy if you never experienced, but I pushed through, I did the whole thing and out loud, I'm I'm yelling out loud with my mouth, a paraphrase of Micah 7, 7, which is, but me, I'm not giving up. I'm sticking around to see what God will do. And so I'm sprinting on my bike and I'm like, me, I'm not giving up. I'm sticking around to see what, 
I had a moment there on my bike where it became this altar of worship where I was just able to say, okay, Lord, I'm giving you what I have. Pour back in what I'm going to need to fill up and serve the people around me. And it was such a beautiful encounter. Um, I just love that he meets us in those places. I think it's yeah. really, really beautiful. So, yeah, he, I feel like when we are, um, when we're in those moments, like we're depleted physically yes. and, um, it is a perfect reminder of the times when we're de- depleted physically or emotionally, spiritually, whatever. Um, when we get to that point, we're not really depleted because he's there to fill us back up, but we can be pushed to the limit and he's still, um, he's still there. And it's just a good reminder because sometimes we need that really tangible reminder of like, Oh yeah, I did that really hard, um, you know, workout, or I ran that half marathon and I didn't think I could do it, but, but because of your um, grace and you were with me, I did it. And that means the other hard things in other parts of my life, you are there for those as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I tell my classes a lot, like we're training here because we're going to be women who don't quit, not just in our workouts, but because when we leave our workout, we're going to face these really hard things in life and we're not going to shrink back from those either, right? Like in the hard places we grow. So for sure. Okay. So you told us you're a mom of three teens and one almost teen. Yep. You kind of got all different stages. I have a a 12 year old and a 14 year old. So I'm, I'm in that with you, but a lot of the work that you do is on helping parents create and cultivate connection with their kids. And that's a hard thing to do, especially now that mine are teens, it's different at this stage, right? Um, So talk a little bit more about how did you come to this place of being an advocate for connection? And then does that tie in? Does fitness tie into that at all? Or how did that come about? Yeah, um, I, years ago, my kids were all little, like five, three and one. I didn't even have the, the youngest yet. And we'd go places and people would look at us and they'd say, oh, you know, you have your hands full. Yeah. Right. Just wait till they're teenagers. And there was just this attitude of doom and gloom thrown at all the time. Mm. And I'm kind of a rebel. And, and so I was just like, you know what, that is not going to be our story. Amen. We are not going to reach the teen years and we, we all hate each other. Yes, right. That's not going to be it. But how do I do that? And so I just, um, you know, I, I prayed, I thought and, and wondered, well, how do I make this happen? And for me, um, it really was something about getting outside of our normal routine, getting outside of our house, getting out into nature, moving our bodies and, and making that a regular habit, like a routine, something that we did again and again. And so we started adventuring together every single week, sometimes on our own, sometimes with a group of friends. And those almost always involved a hike because I really believe that when we move, um, and especially when we're away from distractions or outside in nature, that is a fantastic place to connect, whether it's with our spouse, with our friends or with our kids. And I also wanted to cultivate in my kids, this, um, like a lifelong love of, of physical movement and being outdoors, because that would be something that they could experience and enjoy. Um, receive peace and, and comfort from God through their whole life. And so that's what's happened. And it's been a wonderful way to cultivate connection as a family between me and each kid, um, between them as siblings, 
we've really grown into it now. I mean, I've got my two boys did a 70 mile backpacking trip this summer with their dad. Wow. Rocky mountains. So we went from one mile hikes at the nature center when they were little to now they can pack their backpack and just go conquer. Wow. Um, And we started small and we made it a habit and it grew. I love that. I know with my kids, especially with my son, if I want him to talk to me about something important, we have to do something, right? So we'll play ping pong or we'll go shoot basketball, or even if we're driving down the road, we have to be engaged in some type of other activity or else it's, it's hard to get that connection for him to open up. What suggestions would you give to people maybe who have kids my age or older, younger, if they haven't been doing it up till this point? Where do you start without it seeming like another awkward thing you're trying to force your kids into doing? I think a wonderful place to start is to not, to not start one-on-one because sometimes that they're like, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. Mom's going to give me a lecture. (laughs) No, I don't want to do this. And they close up. So if instead you make it something that, that it feels fun and inviting, you maybe ask them if they want to bring a friend, um, you, you encourage them to put, to provide their input. So you're like, Hey, I really want to, like, I want to start hiking. Um, where do you think we should go? Could, do you have a couple friends who might want to come? I don't want to do it by myself. Um, and you, you just make it something that is not a chore. Um, right. it's not something we have to do, but it's something we get to do. You allow them to be part of the process. You invite them to, you invite them and you allow them to invite others. And, and then as you start to do it a little more, maybe, it, or maybe it's kayaking, or maybe it's, you know, going to an art museum, whatever it is, it's something that they're interested and excited about so that it's something you want to do again. And then you just start making it something that is a habit in your family. And pretty soon it isn't awkward for them to come without a friend or a sibling, um, that it can be just the two of you or, you know, the, just the family. And it's something that you actually enjoy, but being at a place where you don't have all kinds of expectations of how it has to be this certain way, Mm. but instead saying, what can we do to make this something that you are excited about? And you don't even have to tell them that's your plan. (laughs) Right. Man, the laying down of expectations, that one gets me, right? Because in my head, I'm like, okay, this is going to be this awesome family experience and we're all going to bond and everybody's going to be in a good mood. And rarely does it turn out that way, right? So just lowering my expectations of what I think it's going to be like is usually important. Keep my hope high, but lower the expectations. Um, I think sometimes I'll ask my kids, hey, do you want to go do this? And they're like, no. But if I can get them to go do it, usually they like it. Yes. And when in doubt, I try to bring really good snacks. Snacks are (laughs) huge. Always, always have good snacks. That is make a big difference. We have a a saying in our family that we always use when things go wrong because they inevitably do. Um, We say it'll make a great story later. That has become like our mantra when things are going wrong that, you know, we know like in the moment we are not enjoying this and we might need to pray our way out of it. Or if we don't feel like praying, we ask somebody else to pray. We're struggling, but we say, Hey, it's going to be a great story later. And every time it does, it might take a while, but it does help. It really changes. Is our attitude in the moment. That's good. I love that. Okay. So adventure is definitely one of the things you write about, you talk about, you've got two books, adventure.
adventuring together and a hundred days of adventure. Here at Rev, we're really big on that. I'm encountering God through the outdoors. We have Rim to Him. We have Rev Wild Adventure Hikes. It's a, a big component, a big arm of the ministry and the work we do here. But tell me a little bit about why the message of adventure is important to you. And we've, we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but just kind of summarize why is adventure important in your life? Well, uh, for me, when, when it all sort of began, I was a young mom. I had little kids. I was homeschooling. We were home all the time. And I started sometimes to feel a little like trapped. Like I needed to get out. I needed to get out of our regular routine. I think it's really important. I love habits because like I've shared multiple times today, regular habits are the things that help me stay on track. But sometimes we can become a slave to habit and we don't, we, we start to like trudge through the habits and we're we're looking down and, and we need sometimes to get shaken up and to look up and to look around and to see the beauty and the wonder around us. And that for me is what adventure does. So the idea of, um, I believe that adventure is a fantastic tool for connection because it does that. It shakes us up out of our regular routine. It gets us to look around. It gets us to look at each other and to say, oh man, in this moment, we are so we've, we've grown so close and, and it's not even something we're thinking about. It just happens. So the goal is connection, but adventure is the vehicle that gets us there. Um, and it's different for every person, but for me and my family, it has been a fantastic tool to get us to the goal of connection. I love that. Okay. So in those two books, kind of give me just a brief description of each one. So adventuring together, what's that one about? That's the book for parents. And it's the first book I wrote. It's for mom and dads. It came out in 2020, right when everybody was saying no. (laughs) It was great. (laughs) It was an adventure to get that book published. Yes. Um, But uh, it's just kind of a a guidebook to help parents get out and create connections with their kids through all different kinds of adventure. So some of them are outdoors and they're active. Some are through reading books together or are all kinds of things. But really the idea is we live in a world that's, that is growing more and more disconnected and that's trickling down into families. Right. And my goal is to create help parents create connection in a disconnected world. So that's a guidebook for you. It's an encouragement, cheers you on and gives you lots of practical tips to make it happen. I love that. Okay. And then a hundred days of adventure. That one is for kids. So okay. that came out just a few months ago and it's got a hundred ideas, 25 per season for kids to look at and say, Hey, I want to have this adventure, whether it's through cooking or reading or art or going outside, camping, all kinds of stuff. And um, not really so that they could do it on their own, but they can they can be the ones to invite their parent or their siblings or their friends into connection through adventure. So it's fully illustrated and it's got, you know, all the tips to make these different kinds of adventures happen. And um, yeah, it's been a really fun book to get into the hands of kids. Okay. Those sound great. Um, As we've been talking about, you kind of were doing adventure with your kids all on up through the years and it became a part of your rhythms, your habits. Has there been a time when, when one or some of your kids were just not into it? And then how did you help with that? 
Yes, that's definitely happens, especially certain, um, certain hikes where they know there's going to be a lot of Hills. It's going to be steep. It's hot. There's no shade. They know like that. What hike are we doing today? Oh, I don't like that. hike. I don't want to go. And, um, I always, uh, encourage them to trust me and remind them that, They might not want to go at first, but they will like it either in the middle or when it's over. And that's, that's hard because I love everyone around me to be happy. I want everyone to be excited and having a good time. But sometimes really what I have to say is, um, I'm just going to ask that you trust me. Mm -hmm. And as we go on this hike, you might not like it at the beginning and that's okay. You don't have to, but I know every time we do this, when it's done, we are glad we went. You're glad. I'm glad. Mm. We're glad we did it, but it's, it can be hard to get there and it's Mm. okay if it's hard, but I'm going to ask you to trust me to remember that you'll be glad at the end. And they are every time. And sometimes that means grumpiness and complaining the whole time. And I might have to hike next to them and hold their hand and offer them snacks. And we might pray and sing songs and do all this stuff to get them through, but that's okay because they're learning a valuable lesson. They're learning one that I won't give up on them, that, Mm -hmm. um, I, I really believe that those moments are not just a picture of me and my love for them, that I will stick through, through it with them in the hard times, but also that Jesus will way more. Right. And, and so they're learning that, but they're also learning that, that good things sometimes take hard work, Mm. um, perseverance. Perseverance, Yes. Um, they're learning that, that, um, doing things together really helps. So they're learning so many lessons and that's why I'm okay with it being hard. I wish that it wasn't sometimes, you know, I'd be like, Oh, it'd be so much better if you were just skipping down the trail, (laughs) but, um, but it's okay if that doesn't happen every time it's worth the effort because in those little, just those hikes, they're learning lessons that are going to carry them through the rest of their life. For sure. Yeah. I love where you said, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to just trust me, right? Yeah. That's such a good reminder. I love the parallels there too. Okay. So we're going to wrap up here, but is there anything we haven't talked about that you want to make sure that listeners hear today? Um, I, I would just want to remind you that uh, we definitely all go through seasons mm-hmm. that there are seasons where we have lots of time and lots of energy and um, we may be, really able to be active and to move our bodies. And there may be seasons where, um, just going for a walk is all that we can manage, but wherever we are in those seasons, that's okay. God's meeting us there and any, um, anything that we're able to do is really a gift. And so we need to just embrace it and, um, to live as much as we can wherever we're at. Hmm. So we use rev as a verb here and we we would say to that, you're revving, right? <laughs> you're yeah. revving. Like you've caught the vision and you you are revving. So thank you for that. Uh, we always like to wrap up by asking you three questions. Okay. So the first one I think we've talked about, but your favorite way to move your body. My favorite way is hiking. Yeah. Just that is my favorite. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite spot, like a favorite hike that you love more than any other? 
Um, yes. Uh, well, I have lots, but um, one that comes to mind immediately is on the central coast of California and it's along the ocean and, um, it's just incredibly beautiful. It's if you can be neck hiking next to the ocean and see mm-hmm. like dolphins and bald eagles, like redwood trees, there's oh, nothing come better. on. Yeah. So I'm North Carolina, about as far away from you as, as yeah. possible, but it sounds really beautiful. I've never been to California, but that's awesome. Sounds beautiful. Second question, coffee, which we talked about, you love coffee. So you're a girl after my own heart, but coffee, tea, or kombucha? Um, I'm coffee all the way. Yeah. Do you have a favorite way that you like to drink it? Yes. Oh, I make myself a latte every morning and I have a whole ritual and, um, just, yes, that's my yeah. favorite. Yeah. yeah. I would rather make it myself just right than go right. out for coffee. <laughs> right. Good girl. And then the last question is, do you have a favorite brand of athletic wear? Oh yeah. Um, that's a good one. I love the, um, I love leggings from my workout leggings from, um, gap fit and athleta. Those are my yes. favorite. Yeah. You, you I just wear can't them. beat a good pair of leggings. I know. I know. And you know, when I have the pockets on the side, oh. so I can fit my phone in there yes. and take it out for lots of pictures because I'm always stopping to take pictures. Yeah. yeah. I work out. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love a good pair of leggings. I'm thrifty, but when it comes to leggings, you get what yeah. you pay for. So yes. I love that. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us today, Greta. This was awesome. We are going to put information about you and about your books in our show notes. And so as y'all are listening, if you want to learn more, you can swipe up for a link to get her books. And then also I wanted to make sure everybody knew that you're invited to our move in love challenge this month. And so if you swipe up in the show notes, you're going to see all the details, but basically each day, we're just going to point you to a workout on RevWell TV with the goal to train your heart, your mind, and your body to move from a place of love and not shame or striving, which hopefully is what they've gotten from our conversation today. I hope so. But I have so enjoyed talking with you and learning from you. Thanks for joining us here. And we look forward to our next episode and connecting with all of our listeners soon. Y'all have a great day. Bye. Well, friends, we hope you enjoyed this episode with Karen and Greta. We're all about moving in love here at Revelation Wellness. And if what they talked about got you thinking more about moving in love, then we'd love for you to join us in our new free challenge called Move in Love. Each day, you'll have access to a RevWell TV workout that's going to help you get started moving from a place of joy and freedom where you get to. It's never about the have to. Swipe up on the show notes for the link. Before you go, would you do us a favor and share this episode with a friend and then leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. When you share a good word about the Revelation Wellness Podcast, it really does help us share the good news with others. And as always, thank you for being here. We'll be back Monday with a brand new Revving the Word. See you soon, friends. Peace.